drugs, science, and everything else. They slap down a new topic and dash off to the next. It's a great big world with so much to know, like cryptids, time travel, and the history of Poe. If you wanna be a smarty, better learn something fast with Shannon and Jason on Slapdash Podcast. On today's episode, we're discussing the history of Uber and DoorDash. Across the table is a man who loves riding in cars with strangers and having KFC dropped off fresh on his doorstep every evening. Jason Creekmore, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Those are two of my favorite things. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there is nothing like a KFC biscuit with the KFC butter. Now, have you actually used the butter from KFC? I have. I've heard it is highly underrated. Maybe some of the best butter there is. Yeah, basically don't even eat anything unless you have that butter. Really? yeah, I, many times I've like turned around, went back to the drive-thru, and I'm like, excuse me, sir, <laughs> forgot the butter. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. Does it come in a little uh, just plastic thing, or, or is it like a... It, it's like a sp- almost like ketchup. Is it made in-house? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I have no idea. It, it's in a little KFC pack. Okay. Uh, but it is it is unique. It has pretty a, good stuff. a little bit different flavor. Yeah. All right. So, so, Jason, when did your love for riding with strangers begin? Since we're talking about Uber. Probably today. on the way home from the hospital because I, I didn't really know my parents on that particular day. <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah. Who, who are these crazy folks? Ever since then, I've always just enjoyed getting in, you know, strange cars with strange people and riding around and in search of butter <laughs> from KFC. Oh, that's great. Well, you're going to you're going to be a fan of this episode. All right. Yeah. So, as as we mentioned, we are talking about Uber, we are talking about DoorDash, and this is actually the next in a series of episodes we've been doing since all the way back at the beginning, right? Yeah, about a year and a half ago probably. Yeah, the first one we did was Nike and McDonald's. Yep. We compared the two companies. That was actually our second episode of yep. Slapdash. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. That was a good episode. That's a good episode. I like that yeah. one. Uh, we also talked about Walmart and Ford. Also a good episode. I like that one. And and maybe one of my favorites, Facebook and Disney. That's oh, yeah. uh, two, two huge companies. And it's always neat when you have creator, CEO types with big personalities. Oh, like yeah. Walt Disney, Mark right. Zuckerberg. I mean. And you just kind of see what just yeah. develops like decades sure. you know, uh, afterward. It's really cool. It is. It is. So before we hop into Uber, I wanted to talk just one second about DoorDash. And we're going to talk more about DoorDash here in a minute but my wife and i have been using doordash quite a bit have now, you have you used doordash i have i have not okay so so full transparency i have not used any of the food apps okay okay so i, I haven't used that not because i really just you know uh, i'm against that or anything it's just that uh, we don't have that available where i live sure and so i've just not simply used that uh but if they would deliver kfc butter i would probably <laughs> <laughs> to my house where i could just sit you know my nice cozy little fire there and wait, right. and wait for the butter i would probably use it but no i have not used DoorDash. Yeah, it's been working out pretty well for us. We only had one instance where it was like, that's kind of weird. And we could smell like cigarette smoke on the food whenever (laughs) the person dropped it off. So you can guess what happened there, I'm sure. But I I guess that could happen really with any delivery driver. Yeah, sure. But there's maybe there's something about DoorDash, though, where people's just like, eh. (laughs) You know, it's it's, it's just eat your food. I don't really work here. I mean, you know, this is just I'm I'm dropping some food off, making some making some change. You know, you you said you've not used DoorDash, but, you know, is there anything you wouldn't have delivered via DoorDash? I mean, is there a certain food that you just have to pick it up yourself or it just it just comes best straight from the source? You know, we've talked about this before, and and there is one food for me that, that has to be directly out. Out of the, like they can't get it to the table in the restaurant quick enough to eat it. And I think we're opposite of this. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. For me, it's Pizza Hut pizza. 
Oh, yeah. Immediately out of the oven. But I think you actually like it better, like, cold, right? I, I like it sort of lukewarm. Yeah. And I know you like it, like, scalding hot I like your it tongue. To, I like of. it to where the roof of my mouth gets scalded when yeah. I eat the cheese, you know. <laughs> I like and I undergo. like it surprises me every time. But it's still, you know, smoking cheese. <laughs> you like to undergo, like, a physical change and development. <laughs> You've had Pizza Hut pizza. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like the lukewarm pizza a little bit. So I guess DoorDash serves its purpose in that way because yeah. everything you get is guaranteed to be a little bit colder. Right. Has to be. Has to be, you know, just because someone's bringing it to you. But we're not going to start there. We're actually going to start with the history of Uber. So, Jason, what can you tell us about Uber? Shane, I can tell you quite a bit about Uber. So I know uh, uh, we actually u- uh, used Uber in Washington, D.C. a few years ago. And we I did. guess that's the last time I've actually used that service. Yeah. Chad Lawson was with us, right. and we were sort of trying to navigate downtown Washington, D.C. And Chad was like, hey, let's use Uber. This is how you do this. And, yeah. And uh, thank the good Lord, Chad took care of us, <laughs> took care of us on that day. He's always on the forefront of technology. That's right. That guy, yeah. So uh, if, if you're not familiar with Uber, Uber is a company that offers rides to people in virtually every city in America and pretty much the world. Uber is currently worth $75 billion. Wow. And is going for about $45 a share. And to put that in perspective, that is the price of General Motors and Ford stock combined. Oh, man. Uh, so Uber is a massive company. Uh, and the crazy thing is that Uber didn't even exist until 2009. This is a very recent company. Kind of late to the game, but wow. Yeah. That's, that's a huge uh, profit margin. Yeah. I mean, you know, the company was first established, you know, like I mentioned, 2009 in, in San Francisco, California by Travis Kalanick and Garrett Camp. So, again, just to review, Uber simply uses an app that allows people to request a driver to pick them up and take them to another location, pretty much just a little bit like a more of a uh, advanced taxi service. So by 2010, Uber had grown significantly despite the fact that the average cost of an Uber ride was 50% higher than that of a regular taxi. How much? 50%. So it was kind of just a, a, higher, uh, a higher end service, yeah. sort of. You know, there, there was a little bit of prestige with Uber, if, if you're having <laughs> Uber, because basically you're paying about 50% more than you would for a taxi to take you to the exact same place. Uh-huh. I got you. So I like to ride in the back of a stranger's Audi rather than a taxi. That's a little <laughs> more high class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's how I roll. Yeah. By, by 2011, Uber had expanded into New York City uh, and Paris, France. However, taxi companies revolted because obviously competitions rolled into town right yeah and they're playing by a little bit of a different set of rules and they're not necessarily cool like uber is with the little sticker and the app and so people kind of start to fuss a little bit uh but nevertheless uber continues to grow and on new year's eve of 2012 uber came under fire uh as on this particular night again new year's eve they suddenly raised their rates anywhere between three to six times the normal price on that night Coincidence? Kind of, kind of price gouging <laughs> a little bit, dirty. right? So yeah. if it cost ten bucks yesterday, tonight it's costing thirty or forty for the same uh, same service, same service, same distance. Yeah. Are, are people traveling a lot on on New Year's Eve? I, I guess I guess maybe people. You know, a lot of them obviously drink alcohol. They don't want to you know drive on themselves, and they're they're going back. Ah. So, but but a lot of people thought that that was really poor form for Uber to do that to yeah. like. Basically, just you're taking three, four, five, sometimes six times the money from people where just literally the day before it was significantly lower. So, sure. uh, and people already had a plan for that night, I'm sure. And thinking, oh, sure, this is what I've allocated to ride an Uber. I'll tonight. take Uber. Yeah. Yep. And so they got a lot of flack for that. And then in early 2013, Uber established a presence in India and Africa. So by 2013, it's 
literally pretty much worldwide. Okay. Uh, but in December of 2013, Uber began to experience pushback from its drivers. In fact, 35,000 current and former drivers at the time in 2013 were involved in a class action lawsuit claiming that they should be considered employees and not just contract workers. Uh, the case was settled out of court almost three years later in, in, in 2016. And so basically the argument that the drivers were making, they felt as though they were entitled to benefits sure. and like minimum wage and some yeah. things like that, as opposed to just simply contract work. Just a hired hand. Just a hired hand, yeah. yeah. That they're, They were putting in enough hours that they felt as though they should be considered employees. How'd they go for them? I'm not sure the exact amount, but they did settle with these folks out of court. Oh, so okay. yeah, it, it, there was never, you know, a, a decision was never rendered. It was settled out of court. So I, I think Uber maybe paid some folks. Yeah, it sounds like for it. For that. Uh, by 2014, Uber had made its way to China. And in the same year, the company debuted Uber Pool. So there's there several. Uber these, what? <laughs> Uber Pool. Like pool or pool? Like, like, like pool, like, like P-O-O-L, like, you're, <laughs> like a carpool. Okay. okay, Uber pool. So they're not bringing a pool to, not bringing, to swim in. You're not swimming with Uber, right? Man, they, uh, they missed out. That's what, there's a market for that. They had a chance. Yeah. It, you know, you could put like the little U and then like with <laughs> some water and then like like the little guy swimming. I love that. You know, yeah. little, little logo. And just show up, diving yeah. board. You just dive in. But, you know, basically this was uh, just Uber carpooling. And uh, people would, you know, so many people uh, in, in China often go in the same direction. Sure. And so they would just split the cost. So like they would see, oh, this car is going here. There's already one rider in it, you know, and give you the option to split that bill if if the car will pull over and pick you up. Ah, so, okay. So yeah. Uber was really making this. So it's ride sharing. It's it's ride sharing. Yeah. yeah. So Uber was making a little bit more money on that, but the customers were saving basically probably forty to forty five percent. There was a little bit of an upcharge mm-hmm. to do that, but they were saving money by doing that, and Uber was making a little bit more you know money just a slightly by doing that. So oh, that's cool. Kind of interesting. Yeah. In twenty fifteen, Uber Eats, which is going to kind of get into the old DoorDash, uh-huh. uh, another popular. Uh, one is uh, Grubhub. Grubhub's a big one. Yeah. Yep. So, but in 2015, uh, Uber Eats uh, also hit the market uh, again, which is a food delivery service uh, via Uber. In June of 2015, a violent protest broke out in France where taxi drivers burned tires and blocked off streets for hours. What? Why? They do, in protest of in, in Uber? protest of Uber. Yeah, they they just felt as though that Uber did not have to uh, abide by some of the same laws and regulations as taxi drivers and the the people of France. Well, many of them, especially the taxi drivers, they felt as though Uber was just this awful entity that it came in and was really kind of upsetting that entire industry and a lot of people's way of life. Yeah. You know, making making a living. I've heard about this, and the sad thing about it is that whenever you're talking about their their burning tires or whatever, yeah, these are people's personal vehicles, like. Like a taxi, yeah. I guess, belongs to the taxi company, and there's probably some liability insurance. <laughs> yeah, that's <type> my stuff. <laughs> Prius. <laughs> that was my Prius. You just sit on fire, man. Yeah, I mean, they I'm were not just, even a real employee. Come on, no, man. I don't even get benefits. <laughs> but no, you know, they're they're cutting tires, slashing them, uh, you know, making people. I mean, literally, just kind of forcing them out of the vehicle. It was a riot. Huh. And massive protest, uh, you know, spray cans of paints, you know, but things being sprayed on cars. It was really bad. Can and, you imagine your Uber pulling up and it's on fire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Wow. <laughs> where are you going? Where are you heading? <laughs> Never mind. I'll take a taxi. I'm good. Like I'll walk. <laughs> 
And then just a few months later in 2016, a, a similar protest broke out in Hungary. Mm. So from about 2015, 2016 on, Uber has been... It's been controversial. Has seen some, some tough times. Yeah, yeah, it's not just like... Hey, I don't think that's right. It's like we're going to like stand on the car and shake it and bust the windows out. There's some really upset people. You know, really from about 2016 on, Uber experienced a great deal of controversy with the protests, lawsuits, uh, turnover among leadership. But all that pales in comparison to what happened in March of 2018. All the fateful March of 18. Yes. So while experimenting with self-driving cars in Arizona, an Uber car, a self-driving Uber car, struck and killed a 49-year-old pedestrian. Oh, my gosh. And this is the first fatality of a self-driving self-driving car ever recorded uh, in, in American history. Wow. So they kind of uh, pumped the brakes on that for a while. Pumped the brakes, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so no pun intended, really. <laughs> but they, they kind of stopped that. They, they stopped that for a while. But it really wasn't all that long. I think it was about a year later before Toyota gave them $500 million to kind of continue that research. So they, they paused for a while, and they went kind of went back to the drawing board, and then they restarted it roughly about a year later. So self-driving cars. How, how confident are you in the future of self-driving cars? I mean, I mean can you imagine like – you know, even 20 years ago where like, you know, you're in a city, you're trying to get a taxi, you're trying to walk, uh, you know, using the crosswalk or whatever. And now it's just like you get a phone, you push a button and a car will pull up with no driver. Oh my goodness. And and you pay it money, but you're not actually paying it money. So who you, you know what I mean? I mean, when you really just kind of think about what's happening right there, that's kind of amazing. It really is. As far as like trusting the self-driving cars, <laughs> someday maybe. I mean, I could see it being the future. I don't want to be like the first test case, though. No. I don't want to be cruising down I-75 and, and trusting the Prius to you know, get it done. We had mentioned Chad Lawson. Uh, you're a brother-in-law. Yes. You know, one of my really good friends earlier. So, And I think I maybe had mentioned this on a previous podcast at some point for some reason, but Chad had purchased a car a couple of years ago probably, mm-hmm. and he said, hey, you know, it has these uh, – like uh, automatic brakes with sensors where even if you're not hitting the brake, it, it senses something's coming and it begins to slow down automatically. See, that's where I want to get off the bus because yeah. <laughs> it senses is not a strong enough encourager for me so, to, so, to, to trust the car. But. So so Chad said, hey, l- l- you know, let's get out here. You come out here. Let's get in the car. You took it for a spin. I'll show you what I'm talking about. I said, okay. Right. So I get in the car. I back out. You know, we're, we're driving around town. Chad gets out of the car and the car proceeds down the interstate. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're driving we're driving through town. I'm probably going about twenty miles an hour, maybe. I'm going pretty slow. And you're driving, and I'm driving. Okay, so I'm behind the wheel. Chad's beside me in the passenger seat. I'm probably going twenty twenty five max, and we're we're approaching a a, a traffic light, and there's one car sitting in front of me. Mm-hmm. And so as we get a little bit closer, Chad says, "Don't hit the brakes." <laughs> And so I said, Chad, I got to hit the brakes. He said, don't, don't hit the brakes. I said, this is your car. Yeah. And he goes, don't hit the brakes. And so we start getting close. I said, Chad, I got to do it. Got to do it. And my knee starts shaking because I see we're getting closer. Yeah. And then right before I, I you know, have the knee, the knee jerk reaction to slam on the brakes right before I do that, it just automatically, it's just like someone unplugged the car. It's like it just almost comes to a screeching halt. I mean, it wasn't like a forceful halt, but it was just like within six to eight feet we were totally stopped. 
and yeah. it, it was like a powerful stop or like you know how you you know you jerk kind of slowed you down to a yeah, it was, gradual it, stop. Was, it was incredible but it did so it did that in such a very small amount of space but yet it was very smooth yeah as it did and then we were still probably six eight feet from the car you were good yeah we yeah we, we were good so that's uh, that's kind of been my i guess experience with that and so chad laughed at me the whole time or whatever <laughs> so i don't i don't think i could just get in the back of in, in the passenger in, in, in the back of a car right in the very back and just watch the thing pull out and watch the steering wheel turn and everything. And there's nobody in front, you know. Well, that's that's my complaint about it. Obviously, it's not going to need somebody sitting there, right? There, there's not going to physically, there's going to be no need for that. Really, I guess there would be no need even for like a steering column or, or like driver and passenger side seats, really, right? I mean, if, if, if it's never going to be used in that way, then no. So no. I say replace that with like the biggest airbag in the world <laughs> it's all around you just all around you know i want that thing just to kind of implode like just <laughs> balloons like coming a out big from marshmallow <laughs> yeah. then maybe i don't know but also speed limits i think on those things i, I don't know yeah. i just feel like 70 seems a little out of my comfort yeah. zone for uh, its senses i would be <laughs> how things are going i would be afraid i'm going like on you know interstate 75 and i'm going like 80 miles an hour yeah and, I, and i'm talking to no one i'm saying like hey slow down and uh, all of a sudden i hear like that voice of like how from 2001 a space odyssey oh sure you know we can't slow down <laughs> We just keep getting faster and faster, but but apparently Uber is kind of heading in that direction. At least maybe in, in some ma- in some bigger cities where they can't build up a ton of speed. Yeah, uh, but maybe, maybe city life would be a lot more conducive to that. Yeah, just you know yeah. bumper to bumper traffic. You're not yeah. really you're just sort of going, going down the along. interstate, right? Yeah, uh, but you know, but nevertheless, uh, you know, even even going slow, like I said, this this wasn't on the interstate. You know, when they when they killed a pedestrian walking the road, you know, a a 49 year old uh, woman, I believe it was, that was sort of in town. Yeah, you know when, when when that happened. So I mean, and that's tragic. You know, accidents accidents are going to happen like that. And uh, but yeah, so that's that's kind of Uber in a nutshell. But again, uh, very interesting history. They they are worth seventy five billion dollars, and they have currently approximately twenty seven thousand employees. That's wild. Uh, world, worldwide. And yeah. so I, I have threatened to become the first licensed Uber driver in <laughs> McCrary County, Kentucky. <laughs> you think you get a lot of business? Probably not. No. <laughs> maybe like on like Memorial Day and the 4th of July or sure. something, you know. Yeah. Maybe I can take him to kind of go see the sites. But I think it would be cool to just to register even if I work like one day a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, just so I can put that good. Uber sticker in my car. Yeah. I think I think that would be cool. So I saw something cool on Facebook about right. Uber. It's a snapshot of a text message exchange between two people. Okay. The first one just says, hey, man, I'm here for you. And then the second one says, thank you so much for saying that. I've had such a terrible year. Things haven't been going my way. I really needed somebody to kind of be in my corner. And the next message said, no, it's your Uber driver. Man, I'm outside. I'm here for you. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't like your best pal or anything, right? Yeah. 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 Nope. Not so much. You know what could be a best pal of a listener to Slapdash Podcast? What's that? A brand new Slapdash Podcast coffee mug. Oh my gosh. That would always be there for you. (laughs) It would always be in your corner. Tell me more about this coffee mug and, and other products maybe. Let's have a listen. Hey everyone, we're happy to announce that the podcast now has a merchandise store. Shannon, everyone loves hoodies and everyone loves coffee. Yeah, and you can pick up a nice Slapdash hoodie or a Slapdash mug and drink your next cup of joe right out of a Slapdash cup. (laughs) We also have t-shirts and stickers. Yeah, we do. So come on by and log on to www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. That's 
www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. We're back and we are discussing the history of Uber and DoorDash. So we've already talked about Uber just a little bit and we're getting ready to turn our attention to DoorDash. And Jason, you said you've not used DoorDash. Is that right? I have not. Yeah, I have not. But, you know, maybe someday. It's very convenient, I have to say, for those midnight cravings when you don't feel like running out and grabbing the Pizza Hut. So so, so tell me a little bit about, because I'm sure you're probably going to cover this, but tell me a little bit about, like, so what's the charge? What's the what's the surcharge? Or how does that go? Is it, like, based on how far you live from the restaurant, I'm sure, somehow? or Honestly, okay, so full disclosure, my wife does all the door dashing for okay. us. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can tell you specifics. But I, I want to say it's like a almost like a four or five dollar flat fee so okay. you, you want to be ordering something that's more than your diet coke you know bring right. me a diet coke you, you, for plus five dollars you want a meal right <laughs> you yeah. want to get a meal but other than that you also add the tip in when you put the order into the app and oh, everything okay. so once they get here it's just kind of done you know they they literally drop it off and right. knock and run away okay we'll so talk more about that okay how that works. so so here's my question then yeah. and again I'm, I'm not trying to steal your thunder oh, you're I'm, good. Just, I'm genuinely curious about this a little bit okay so you place the order let's say, let's say the order is ten dollars you ten dollars sure whatever ten yeah. ten bucks yep so then let's say there's a four dollar or say a four dollar delivery fee mm-hmm. so that was fourteen dollars yeah okay so then you but you have to pay a tip then you pay a tip okay so but they can see what that tip is before you're placing the order <laughs> correct uh, i see where you're going with this <laughs> okay so one of two things goes through my mind either could they perhaps be unhappy and Oh, I don't know. They have your food in their car. <laughs> or two, can they could they decline it? I've never seen anyone decline it. Okay. I think it's almost sort of automatic once they pick it up. And it might be that they see the order sort of sitting out there on the app and they choose which ones they want to pick up. Gotcha. I don't know if they see the tip beforehand, but I do know that DoorDash provides um, I guess a, a minimal tip uh-huh. so that if you don't tip them enough they still get tipped anyway up to a minimal amount. So they're never really going to make less oh. than they expect to make. The, okay. they, they could make more, but, but they're really the not going to make less. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the history of DoorDash. It is an American food delivery service that launched in Palo Alto, California in 2012. Oh, Stanford, right? Yeah, right there. As of January 2020, DoorDash had the largest food delivery market share in the U.S. So you mentioned some of the others like Grubhub, Uber Eats. Yeah. DoorDash is kind of the, the big big papa okay. of all of that. They didn't used to be, but here lately, especially with the pandemic and other things going on, they've become very popular oh, yeah. for, for different reasons. And I love the name DoorDash. There's just something about putting the word dash right. <laughs> at the end of a word that gets me excited on Slapdash <laughs> podcast. Yeah. It's just, I see what you did there. To be. That, that was pretty good. You know, I worked that in. Yeah. yeah I had to think that through. That was pretty yeah. clever. <laughs> DoorDash was first launched as Palo Alto delivery.com. And am I saying that right? Is it Palo Alto or Palo Alto? I, I think I say Palo Alto is how I say Palo it. Alto. But I, I may be wrong though, but I think that's how I say it. <laughs> Palo Alto delivery.com with an initial investment of $120,000. So they kind of got things launched uh, at the beginning there in California. And it was founded, as you said, you know, by Stanford students and their names were Tony Zhu, Stanley Tang, Andy Fang, and Evan Moore. And I, kinda, I like their names here. Yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, kind of getting things rolling. Now, as you as we said, there are other food delivery services in the U.S., including Grubhub and Uber Eats, but they also serve the same basic function. And, and that function is, I order food, 
And a stranger brings it to me. Okay. I don't know if that's part of their official marketing literature. I don't think I would. That, that might actually be the worst description. I'm going to order food and an absolute total stranger I yeah. know nothing about right. will deliver it to my door. Yeah. I think they actually screen the person. And if they've ever met you in their life or even know about you in any way, they can't bring you the food. It has to be a complete, right. utter stranger. You know, I'm sure that's part of the bylaws yeah. of the company. Sure. Just makes things, it's the spice of life. Man, it's the little things, you know. <laughs> right. So, DoorDash took the title as the largest third-party food delivery provider in the U.S. in early 2019, stealing the spot from Grubhub. Grubhub's kind of a cool name too. So I like that. Yeah, I, I think it's all in the name. Both Uber, names are cool. They are Uber Eats. Eh. Yeah, Uber. Eats, I think it's losing the the name in battle there. Yeah, like Uber Eats puts me in mind of like you're eating in the Uber. Yeah, <laughs> for some reason I don't know why, but it does. Yeah. The other two, Grubhub and, and DoorDash, much better names. Much better. Yeah. So today, DoorDash is worth slightly under sixteen billion dollars. So not quite as much as Uber there, but certainly taking in its fair yeah, share. It's billion. It's billion with a <laughs> right. b-, 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 b Yeah. Right. Now, Jason, DoorDash has actually made a few purchases of its own as a company, including the acquisition of a food delivery service named Caviar. Ever heard of this one? No. Yeah. It specializes in food delivery from upscale urban area restaurants. Cav- oh. Caviar. Right. Know? Okay. Uh, and also Scotty Labs. It was a startup company that specializes in, get this, self-driving and remote control vehicle technology. So it's not just Uber that's looking into the self-driving. Mm. I, I would almost trust the, you know, the, the DoorDash a little bit more with the self-driving stuff. Yeah. You know, because then it's just the other drivers that have to kind of look out for what's going on with the AI. Right. It's not so much I'm in the vehicle, you know, with the AI just kind of trusting <laughs> right. it to, yeah. to take yeah. me wherever I'm going. I mean, going. you know, if my tacos show up, great. <laughs> if they don't, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's fine. And interestingly, um, I think Amazon is already doing this a little bit, and they're doing it with uh, drones, which, yes. is, which is a little bit safer, I right. suppose. Yeah. And DoorDash could probably pick something like that up. Now, sure. I could see that actually being very practical and something that could be implemented more so in the short term. There's not as many safety hazards with the drones, right? Right. You know, that, that's what uh, Skynet said, I think, in the movie. <laughs> in, the, in the Terminator. In the Terminator. <laughs> right before they all became self-aware. Yeah, right? this is much safer. It's, yeah, this, this makes more the sense. The robot's flying above my head. <laughs> but it, it's a cool idea. I could see that, and, and it's already going on. And here's another neat thing. I, I don't know if this is the Amazon drones or somebody else experimenting with drone delivery type stuff, but if they get knocked over and they fall down and can't pick themselves up, they start calling out for help for, from people around them. Like literally in like this, uh, I want to say like cute voice, but I <laughs> can a robot be cute? Help uh, me. Help me, please, sir, please. <laughs> but the idea is that if they're very kind and polite and almost cutesy, kind of uh-huh. like uh, what's that Disney robot, the little one? Um, it's Wally? a Pixar. Wally? Yeah. Wally? Okay. Wally. Kind of puts me in mind of Wally. Yeah. You know, if they're just laying around and they're, you know, help me, Wally. And <laughs> I, I would be inclined to help right. that little guy back on his feet. So they've got that going for them. Kind of a smart, smart idea. So how long is it going to be before the strangers who deliver my food are replaced with robots? That's that's all I want to know. <laughs> that, because we're, man, we're that, up in the ante. That escalated quickly. <laughs> I mean, Jason's like, nobody can catch a break, all right? Cashiers <laughs> are being replaced by robots. Teachers, you know, you've got a lot of um, automated learning type things right. going on. And yes, even the complete strangers who bring hot, tasty KFC are being replaced by robots. I mean, what's the world coming to? What, what are we doing here? I like like uh, real live uh, breathing humans to give me my KFC butter. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's right. The stranger, the better. (laughs) So, Jason, if I told you that DoorDash has sparked the rise of ghost kitchens, what would you say? (laughs) Ghost kitchens. I've never heard of that term, I promise. Oh, that's okay. I know what a ghost is. Yeah. You know what a kitchen is? I know what a kitchen is. All right. I don't know. Just put them together. I'm not familiar with ghost kitchen. I have a feeling that's that's a whole other thing there. So, it's a haunted kitchen. No. Uh, So, so ghost kitchens sometimes, and this doesn't make it better, sometimes they're called dark kitchens. (laughs) Okay. Are kitchen facilities that can be used by restaurants to prepare delivery and pick up only meal orders. So, it's almost like they're a, a restaurant, but they don't really have the restaurant inside type stuff it's just we are a ghost restaurant in other words our name is on a website somewhere and here's a list of and pictures of all of our tasty food but you can only order through one of these so, delivery services so it's just a it's just a kitchen it's really just a kitchen literally yeah yeah, yeah. okay so, and that, that's the idea in october 2019 doordash opened its first ghost kitchen called doordash kitchen super original name in redwood city california and there are four restaurants renting out space in the kitchen so this is one way Hmm. that an idea like this can expand right they can start renting out space to all of these different places that want to provide a service but maybe don't want to have the dine-in experience right i could see that becoming more common that kind of makes sense a little bit i mean especially like in in more urban areas sure. yeah i can i can see that i yeah. can see that so let's talk about something that is a little weird about restaurants in general and also doordash and you brought it up a little bit earlier and that's the concept of tipping okay i've also always found tipping to be such a weird practice and i didn't know this until last year for some reason it came up in my newsfeed somewhere that tipping really isn't much of a custom outside of the u.s have you heard of this it's oh. more of like a U.S. thing. Oh, really? No, I've not heard that. Yeah. So whenever I go to a restaurant, typically the the minimum tip is like fifteen percent. That right. that's generally that's what the, the suggested. Kinda, that's the suggested. Yeah. That's that's you know. Now, I I've, I've been a server myself, and I understand that servers really don't even get paid minimum wage. Right. Because of the tips, they they have to make up the tips in a different way, or rather, they make up their salary in a different way by earning tips. The company does have to go back and they have to pay the difference if you didn't make enough tips to rise to the level of minimum wage. Otherwise, they'd be breaking the law. But it's kind of a weird concept, and especially becomes a little bit more convoluted when you're thinking about like DoorDash. Or yeah. something like that. So here's uh, here's what's been going on with DoorDash. In July of 2019, DoorDash attracted some criticism because of its tipping policy. In the DoorDash system, drivers receive a minimum guaranteed tip. That's what we were talking about, which is paid for by DoorDash. When a customer adds a tip, instead of going to the driver, the tip first goes to the company up to the point that the company no longer has to pay the driver the guaranteed minimum. Drivers then only receive the part of the tip that exceeds the minimum. And when I was reading that, I was trying to find the issue, and maybe I'm missing it. So it's almost like there's a minimum tip. Let's say it's $5. Okay. It's probably a percentage, realistically, yeah. but let's say it's $5 flat rate, and the person tips $10, right? Right. So I guess in thinking through it that way, the driver would only receive $5, like like the difference between the minimum tip and the extra, something like that. Does it does that make sense to you? So no matter so they so they would only get the minimum tip like so so basically anything over the minimum the mm-hmm. company pockets. I mean, is that what you're saying and then the, I think the they dri- they keep the tip up to the minimum. So if I'm understanding right, say say someone brings DoorDash to me right there's a five dollar minimum tip that they're guaranteed by the company but i want to give them ten dollars 
right? Okay. So when I put the $10 into the app, you would think that $10 would go to the driver, right? Right, but it doesn't. But it doesn't. Somehow there's a calculation where DoorDash would remove up to their minimum from that amount and just give them give the driver the excess. So so so, so the minimum and the maximum would be the same then. In that scenario. I mean you're, you're always going to get $5 if that's if that's the case Basically, or yeah. or if the minimum was 5 and they give you and let's say you tipped 3, then the company would have to give the other 2. Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's a good safeguard if somebody under tips, right. but if they over tip, I think you're at a slight disadvantage because they subtract their minimum from whatever right. you're getting. So, so, so basically, the as dri- long as you still make the minimum, which is five. Right. So, so basically, the driver is going to get the, I guess, part of the flat fee. Yeah. Right. Right. And then, and then the tip. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would imagine probably. Hmm, that's curious. I don't know. I'm, I'm actually interested in that. Kind of see how this pays. <laughs> kind of yeah. weird. So, so several publications criticized the system, including the New York Times, The Verge, and Vox. According to one source, the tipping policy quote really looks, feels, and smells like a swindle. End quote. Okay. DoorDash announced plans to change their tipping policy in 2019, and it's now been updated to what you would expect, which is that they would keep a larger percentage of those bigger tips. That right. they get, so they did the right thing here. Sometimes you don't always see that. You you right. see companies that just kind of go in the opposite. Always direction. highlight the negative, but then yeah, when you do something positive, no one really sure. sheds light on that. Yeah, and I think it's it's really important for these smaller companies, especially those that are based on technology, to be a little bit more. I don't know, lenient in the early days. I don't, right. I don't know yeah. to to kind of make sure they they establish the correct business model. But Jason, here's some wholesome news. Okay, right? it, it's good to have wholesome news. It is. I like wholesome right? news. Some, some good news. We've mentioned on the podcast podcast a few times and you know it's no big secret that COVID-19 is a thing what yeah <laughs> right COVID-19 COVID-19 never, never heard of such a thing <laughs> is, is that what all the masks are about I'm not sure yeah <laughs> I've, I've, I've yet to figure all of that out I thought everyone was just you know preparing their professional wrestling careers right. <laughs> but uh, no in the middle of the pandemic where demand for services delivering items surged DoorDash announced it had stockpiled tens of thousands of gloves and bottles of hand sanitizer and was providing it to their delivery drivers for free. I like this uh, in one way. In another way, I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. So so in the one way, I like it because strangers delivering food. Right. I, I, I like that those strangers have the guarantee of being sanitized. Right. That, that, sound, that sounds good. That sounds pretty positive for, yeah. for the guarantee minimum tip right. crowd. All right. Uh, on the other hand, you know, this is a, an independent company stockpiling tens of thousands of gloves and bottles of hand sanitizer. I've heard people uh, getting into trouble for right. this kind of thing uh, here during the pandemic as well. So I just found that interesting that, that they've done that. Also, uh, the default delivery option in the app was was changed during the pandemic uh, to contactless delivery. And here's what this means, because this is all we've been doing okay. with DoorDash. It means the driver literally drops off the food at the door, knocks and runs away. <laughs> okay. Now, run, runs away is, is kind of subjective, but I, I, it, that that's more or less. They sort of slide across the hood, <laughs> yeah. jump in the car. Yeah, yeah. They they do the Dukes yeah, of Hazard yeah, thing yeah. And, and jump in and speed off to the next delivery. Right. But, I mean, it is called DoorDash, right? So they knock on the door. They drop the food off. They knock on the door. They run away. They right. get out of there, and that's it. That's the default option, hmm, and okay. that makes sense. I guess in the past, it would be a little more meet and greet, you know, kind of get to know your stranger sort right. of thing, maybe photo op <laughs> opportunity, but now it's just kind of cut and dry. You don't really – most of the time, by the by the time I open the door, they're in their car driving away, and we kind of do this awkward wave huh, okay. kind of thing to each other. Um, but, Jason, as with Uber – DoorDash has been sued 
a few different times. Oh, if you can imagine that. Basically, all companies have. They, they have. If, if you're worth b- b- billions, you've probably been <laughs> Somebody, s- s- studioed. Somebody's coming after <laughs> you. Phil yeah. Collins would say. Right. So in April 2020, right when the pandemic was getting started, a group of New Yorkers sued DoorDash, Grubhub, Postmates, and Uber Eats, accusing them of using their market power as a monopoly by only listing restaurants on their apps if the restaurant owners sign contracts, which include clauses that require prices to be the same for dining customers as for customers receiving delivery. Which makes sense from a business standpoint for... DoorDash, right? They want right. to make sure that if I order something from McDonald's, McDonald's isn't going to upcharge me for my Big Mac, right? Right, yeah. Or whatever restaurant. Yeah. But the, the idea behind the lawsuit is that in order to do that, they the restaurant owners also have to sort of increase the prices a little bit uh, on both sides because I think typically the way it works is it, outside of DoorDash, if you order into a restaurant, there's some additional fees that they charge and they do that to cover the expense of, well, you're not coming inside and there's some, some other things mm, that are, that okay. are going on. Um, so with this particular model, yeah, these, these restaurant owners were not very happy that they had to charge the same amount for the, the in seat versus the, the online crowd. And according to the lawsuit, the arrangement increases the cost for dining customers since they are required to subsidize the cost of delivery so far a uh, trial date has not been set. So, We'll see hmm, how that pans out for DoorDash. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, Jason, that's uh, kind of the history, the the brief history of Uber and DoorDash. Anything else you want to add on either of those subjects? Or I think it would be cool like to that? maybe call an Uber and then like meet DoorDash some, somewhere, right? <laughs> like in a park, like just, just some kind of random park. You know, yeah. you, you pay the Uber driver and he goes, okay, we're here. And you're like, I'm, I'm waiting for my food now. And, you know, the Uber guy would be like, you know, we have Uber Eats. That's it's right. like, well, don't get ridiculous, sir. <laughs> DoorDash is much better. DoorDash. What, what if you wanted to work for DoorDash, but you didn't have a vehicle? And you could Uber around to your DoorDash uh, places, you know, <laughs> just take an Uber over. Hey, I need to pick up this McDonald's and take it to this address. So, yeah, I work 10 hours today and, and I only owe everyone $300. <laughs> I don't think the money adds up right there. It, it just doesn't work out. But uh, thanks to all of our listeners. We appreciate you for joining us on the podcast each week. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, share us with a friend, and also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the handle at SlapdashPod. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Go buy something from an app.